0: you forever i'll stand nothing compares to the promise i have oh nothing compares to the promise i have beginning
1: Well, this man doesn't need does not need any any uh explanation. But uh Ron, thank you for being with us thank here you. again today. I think I'll work out a deal with Roger next time. I'll tell him I'll speak at my son's church and let my son come and speak. <laughs> you have to get tired of hearing me. It is good to be here today, though, and I thank God for the opportunity. Today is the Sunday before the 4th of July, Independence Day. Isn't America a great place to live? It's not perfect. Heaven will be, but it's not. But it's a lot better than most of the other opportunities we would have to live in today. America's a crazy place. Someone wrote, only in America, only in America can you get pizza to your house faster than an ambulance. <laughs> only in America are there handicapped parking places in front of a skating rink. <laughs> only in America, the drugstores stores make the sick walk all of the way to the back to get the prescriptions. Well, healthy people buy their suntan lotion up front. <laughs> only in America do people order a double cheeseburger, large fries, and a Diet Coke. <laughs> only in America do we leave our $1,000 cars out in the driveway and fill our garages with junk. And only in America. Do you buy hot dogs in packages of 10 and buns in packages of (laughs) 8? I believe that America is the greatest nation in the world. And I feel blessed by God to have been born and raised in the good USA. I don't know if I thank him that I was raised in South Dakota, but I thank God that it's part of the United States. I've entitled my message, Keeping... America great the Apostle Paul gives us several things that we can do to keep America great we'll look at that scripture it's taken from 2nd Timothy 1st Timothy chapter 2 verses 1 through 4 I urge then first of all that requests prayers intercession and Thanksgiving be made for everyone for kings and for all those in authority that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. To keep America great, the first thing we must do is pray for America. The groundwork for our freedoms we enjoy has been laid over the past 241 years. We enjoy our freedom because of what our founding fathers, our own fathers, our brothers and sisters, our sons and daughters have done to get and preserve that freedom. Our freedom didn't come cheap. The patriots fought and died to give us our freedom of religion. There are some today that would tell us that the intention of our founding fathers was to give us freedom from religion. There's a difference between freedom of religion and freedom from religion. The first settlers of America came here to express their religious faith and for freedom of worship. In 1620... The pilgrims who came to Plymouth Rock and the Mayflower wrote what was called the Mayflower Compact. Listen to what they said. In the name of God, amen. Having undertaken for the glory of God and for the advancement of the Christian faith, we do solemnly and mutually in the presence of God covenant and combine ourselves together. They came to worship God. Twenty-three years later, the New England Confederation was written. Listen to what they said. Whereas we all came into these parts with one and the same end and aim, namely to advance the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ and to enjoy the liberties of the gospel in purity and peace. That's the foundation that we were founded on. What do we have today? A group of people who are trying to eliminate and exterminate not only the word God from public view, but also to obliterate it from even thinking there is a God. When the First Continental Congress met and were debating about how the Declaration of Independence should be written, Benjamin Franklin Got up and said, Gentlemen, if it's true that not one single petal from any flower falls to the ground without escaping God's attention, will the distress of this nation go unheeded? Let us therefore determine to seek his face. And after having said that, 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence went to their knees and began to pray and seek God's wisdom. Can you imagine what would happen if that were to happen in our Congress and our Supreme Court today? And they would say, Almighty God, what do you want for this nation? Those 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence paid a great price for our freedom and for the freedoms that we enjoy five were captured and tortured by the british before they died 12 had their homes ransacked and burned two lost their sons in the revolution one had two sons that were captured in the war nine fought and died from the wounds Of that Revolutionary War. Carter Braxton, one of the signers, was a wealthy Virginia trader. He saw his ship destroyed and had to sell his home to pay his debts and died in poverty. The list could go on and on explaining and telling us the price that was paid that we could be free from British rule. Our founding fathers were committed, not only to freedom and obtaining freedom for future generations, they were committed to Christian principles. Listen to what some of them had to say. Our second president, John Quincy Adam, from the time of the Declaration of Independence, the American people were bound by the laws of God and the laws of the gospel of Jesus Christ which they all acknowledged as a root of their conduct, we all came together to obey the word of God. Patrick Henry wrote, It cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was founded not by religionists, but by Christians. Not on religion, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ these men and hundreds more paid a price to give us a nation built upon the principles of God and the foundation of Jesus Christ. The foundation has been laid. Can we do any less than pray for America? If we are going to see good come from America, we, the church, the Christians, god's people need to pray for america and our leaders our community just completed seven days of prayer for we as a community came together each night in a service to pray for our community to pray for those that are in addiction to pray for those in financial difficulties to pray for those needing healing I encouraged the clients at the food pantry to go to those services and many would say why what good would it do James 5 16 tells us the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much Satan's chief concern is to keep Christians like you and me from praying Once he sees a weakest Christian on his knees praying, Satan trembles. How can we keep America great? By praying. This past year has been a year of ups and downs and challenges for me. It started with them thinking that I had cancer of the throat. Tests proved that it was not, it was just scar tissue. And then they determined that my heart wasn't working right. Ran tests, saw cardiologists, saw electrophysiologists. The cardiologist wrote in his report gratifyingly, Ronald is of a stable cardiac condition but they always put that in there so he sent me to a electrophysiologist I'd been wearing a patch for two weeks during that time they found that my heart rate dropped to 32 beats a minute they found that there was a bundle block in the nerves of my heart and the bottom part of my heart was not working you need a pacemaker well either God decided I didn't or they haven't come up with one yet I'm still here, and I'm still doing all that I can. I remember a time not, short, not long after I found all this, They had an anointing service at our church, and my son prayed for me. I can't tell you whether God totally healed me, but I know that he touches me every day, and I know that many of the churches in town were praying for me, and you were one of them, and I thank you for those prayers. Prayers do make a difference Not only in our lives, but in our community and in our nation. The second thing we can do to keep America great is to live righteous lives. If we want to change the way America is headed, we need to live our lives in all godliness and honesty. But how do we do that? By living according to the standards set forth in God's word. Do you realize that the very framework of our national government was patterned after the Bible? We have three branches of our government. Executive, legislative, and judicial. That was a new concept for national government when we developed it. But where did they get the idea? Our founding fathers. They went to Isaiah... 3322 for the Lord is our judge the Lord is our lawgiver the Lord is our king he will save us judge that's the judicial branch lawgiver that's the legislative branch king that's the executive branch our founding fathers look to the word of God to organize the government of our nation they laid the foundation and were to build upon it. Now, I realize that our nation has strayed away from God's Word and the original intent of our founding fathers. Many of our leaders are trying to take even the mention of God from our nation. Some want to take, in God we trust, off of our money. Some want to take, under God out of the Pledge of Allegiance to an American flag. Some are trying to take the Ten Commandments from public view. If you noticed in the news this week, a man destroyed a Ten Commandment monument that had been up less than a day in Arkansas. He drove his car into it, destroying it. They found that he had done the same thing in Oklahoma earlier there's not a lot I can do about the movement to eliminate the mere mention of God in our government but there's something we can do to keep sin from dishonoring his name and our nation proverbs fourteen thirty four tells us righteousness exalts a nation but sin is a reproach to any people Sin has disgraced God's name and our nation. If we take a look, we we'll find that marriages and divorce rate is 50 percent, even among Christians. That's actually gone down a little bit because now more and more people are living together instead of getting married. Teenage pregnancies, half of them in abortion. 60 percent of those that are 12 through 18 who claim to be Christ. Are sexually active. Child abuse is at an all-time high, and the list goes on and on of things that have happened. Sin has disgraced our nation. But that's something we can do something about. For First Timothy two two said that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. Now, many Christians have become so much like the world that the people watching our lives can't see any difference between us and an unbeliever. We must live lives that show them the difference by being people of integrity and living godly lives. Would it make any difference to Elwood if East Main Street Christian and its congregation were taken away? Are we having an influence that shows others that Jesus is their only hope? To keep America great, we need to pray. We need to live godly lives. And thirdly, we need to keep America great by sharing Christ. The unbelieving world is shouting out its message, and our leaders are listening. The sad truth is that Christians in America are the majority. But we're doing very little to speak out as a witness for the Lord. We're content to sit in our homes and shake our heads at the direction the nation is headed. We're content to sit in church and listen to sermons, but do very little outside of church to be a witness for the Lord. God expects us to use freedom that our founding fathers made possible to be a witness for Christ. Stories told of a family driving home from church. Little Susie turned to her mother said, Mommy, there's something the preacher said this morning I don't understand. What's that, honey? Her mother asked. Well... He said, God is bigger than we are. He said that God is so big that he could hold the whole world in his hand. Is that true? The mother replied, yes, honey, that's true. But mommy, he also said that God comes to live inside us when we trust Jesus to be our Lord and Savior. Is that true? The mother assured little Susie that what the pastor had said was true. With a puzzled look on her face, Susie then asked, if God is bigger in us and he lives in us, wouldn't he show through? Susie had it right. If God lives in you, he ought to show through and the lost and dying world around us ought to see him in us. The only hope for America is Jesus, and if you believe that Jesus is in the only hope for America, listen what He tells us in Matthew five sixteen. Christ is speaking. He says, "Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father, which is in heaven." Psalms thirty three twelve tells us, "Blessed." is a nation whose God is the Lord. When our nation, including those who call themselves Christian, cease to look to God, we cease to be blessed by God. Our forefathers claimed this nation for God. We need to reclaim it. But how do we do that? We do it by following the scripture found in 1 Timothy 2, 1 through 4. Praying for America and our leaders. We do it by being Christians, living righteous lives, standing on the principles and the values of God's word. And we do it by shining forth the light of Christ. Let Jesus show through. Let others see that Jesus is the only hope for America and the only hope for eternity in heaven. Let's keep America great. Father, we don't deserve the blessing you've given us. We don't even know why you chose to allow us to be born and live in this great land. But we ask God that you would forgive us for the times that we've allowed the nation just to go away from you. Help us to stand up, to pray, to live lives that point people to Jesus and be people of integrity. We ask God that your presence would be felt in our nation in a greater way than ever before. Thank you, Father, for, your, for this privilege of serving you and letting others see Jesus in our lives. In your son's name we pray. Amen.